and we are continuing with our theme building up yourself building up yourself and today we are on part four right part four of the word and the spirit so i wanted to open your bibles to the book of philippians chapter two philippians chapter two glory philippians chapter two and verse 1 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and message, right? Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. So last time we spoke about being strengthened in the inner man by the Spirit of God, isn't it? So today my emphasis is going to be on the fellowship of the Spirit or the communion of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Right, so I already shared a devotional on the fellowship of the Spirit, right? I already shared a devotional on that, so today I'm just going to expand on it, okay? I said Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, that's the verse that we read. And again, we read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, right? So, the fellowship of the Spirit or the communion of the Spirit, all right? It's very important. So I wanted to pay uh, a, a very particular attention when I'm speaking very close attention, all right? The fellowship of the Spirit. What you saw us doing, that is part of the fellowship of the Spirit. It's very, very important. And the Lord did that for a purpose, so that you would understand. Because sometimes when you look at a person who is fellowshipping with the Spirit, you may not understand what's happening, but that's exactly what's happening. Because there's an exchange, a spiritual exchange that is happening. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, so the word fellowship, right, from the English dictionary, it simply means friendly association. You get that? Friendly association or a companionship. So I want you to get those words, friendly Association. So if there's friendly association, maybe that person is a friend. Are you getting this? So the Holy Spirit must be your friend. Friendly association. Then there is companionship, which means the Holy Spirit is your companion. Just like a wife and a husband, they are companions. Are you getting this? So the Holy Spirit must be your companion. So we're speaking about friendly association or a companionship, especially with people who share one's interests. So the companionship is not with someone who doesn't share the same interest, but you share the same interest. That's very important. So you need to understand that when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you need to share interests with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not the Holy Spirit who conforms your interests. But it's you who conforms the interests of the Holy Spirit. My God, are you getting this? So you always have to panel with yourself. You always have to correct your path so that you align with the interests of the Holy Spirit. So that you align your path with the path of the Holy Spirit. Now, the word communion means the sharing or exchanging. Okay? Underline the word sharing. Communion is sharing. There is an exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings. The exchange of what? Intimate thoughts and feelings. I want you to get that. Thoughts. Thoughts. Which means sometimes it's not necessary to speak. But you can communicate through thoughts and through feelings. 
So this communication is especially on a mental or a spiritual level. So you need to understand that when you are communicating or communing with the Holy Spirit, it's not really about audible voices or visions, although that can happen. But you need to understand this very, very important fact that the communion can be at the level of thoughts and feelings. The Holy Spirit can influ influence your thoughts. Are you getting this? The Holy Spirit can inspire you. As we were praying right now, the Holy Spirit was actually communicating. Remember, for example, if a person speaks in other tongues, for example, the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives you the words. You get this? As the Spirit gave, gave utterance, or as the Spirit gives utterance, so if the Spirit is giving you utterance, then what's happening? There's a sharing that's happening. There's a communion that is happening. So you need to understand it from that, word, from that perspective. right? So when we talk about the fellowship or communion of the Spirit, what are we referring to in simple language? We're talking about the special relationship between you, the believer, and the Spirit of God. There's a special relationship between you, the believer, and the Holy Spirit. And that relationship is what must be understood. Why? Because it is key. It is key. That relationship determines how well you will be able to walk in the Spirit. The Bible says if we live in the Spirit, we must also walk in the Spirit. So how do you walk in the Spirit? You can only walk in the Spirit if you learn to fellowship with the Spirit. If you learn to commune with the Spirit. Living a morally upright life is part of walking in the Spirit. But, remember, you need to have a relationship with the Spirit of God. Because there is a lot more that He does. Remember, last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. Uh, 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 when He comes, He comes with power in your life. That's why uh, uh, Paul was talking about being strengthened with might in the inner man. Jesus talks about power shall come upon you when the Spirit of God comes upon you, isn't it? So, there is a dimension of power when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life. But again, you need also to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. And you need a relationship with Him because there is a lot more that He comes with, including power. There is a lot more. So we are going to find out uh, all those things as we go through the scriptures. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. amen. Right. So the Bible here uh, 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 talks about Jesus in uh, John chapter 14, right? It talks about Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit himself, right? John 14, verse 16 to 18, right? Jesus said something about the Holy Spirit that is important. And he says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Another. Which means there was a comforter already who was there. But now he wants you to give you, he wants to give you another comforter. Who was the first comforter who was there? The Lord Jesus Christ himself. But he wants to give you another comforter, Allos Paracletos, right? Or another helper. If you read another version, it will say another helper. So you need to understand that the Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, he's a helper. He is meant to do the things that you cannot do. 
on your own. Without the Holy Spirit, you can never walk in the supernatural. But the Holy Spirit is coming into your life so that you can fill that gap which you cannot fill on your own. So his coming is another helper, right? Uh, if you look at the Greek rendering of Allos Paracletus, it says another helper of the same kind. So Jesus was saying, yes, I am with you. And there's a time that is coming when I shall be taken away from you. But I want you to know that when I am gone, there is another helper just like me who is going to come into your life. Just like me. Which means you won't miss me anymore because it will be like as if I am there and I never left. So you need to understand this. So sometimes when you think about Jesus, you come to a point where you miss him so much, you say, oh Lord, you are far away. But he's saying, I gave you another comforter just like me. So when he is with you, it's just like I'm there with you. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life makes you have that experience uh, 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 of God being present with you. It's no longer about saying, oh God, you are far away, you are in heaven. No, God is with you right there. My God, are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus said, the Father has not left me. He is with me. He was present with him. So he says, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, the world cannot receive him. Because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. Look at this. The world cannot receive him because it sees him not. So what is Jesus saying? Even though the world cannot see him, but you, because you are a believer, you can see him. Interesting, isn't it? Then he says, neither knows him. The world does not know him, but you know him. The world does not know him. That's why when, uh, you know, when you are communing with the Spirit of God, the world will look at you as if you are crazy. Come on. Because they don't know him. <laughs> but those that know him will not be surprised. They will not have questions. Then he says, for he dwells with you and shall be new. Why did he say he dwells with you? Because the disciples were with Jesus. So they got used to the Holy Spirit because they saw him walking with Christ. That's why Jesus was saying, you know him. You know what he does. You know his works. When he speaks, you know. And he shall be in what? In you. Amen. I want you to, to see how Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit here. He said, he. He did not say, it shall be in you. He said, he. Meaning, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. Just like Jesus is a person. Just like the Father is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And if he's a person, then you know that he can what? He can speak. He can think. He can reason. He can feel. He can do everything that a person can do. That's why he was saying, he... So if you understand the Holy Spirit from that perspective, and then we now talk of, of, of fellowship or communion, now you understand. Because if he's a person, then you must commune. Then you must fellowship. He can speak to you, 
And you can also speak to him. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So if he is a he, then he is not a force. And he is not a wind. There are people who think the Holy Spirit is a force. Who think that he is a wind. Who think that he is a power. No. I can ask you this simple question. Are you a power? Are you a power? You are not a power, isn't it? But you have power, isn't it? You can go lift up some things. That means you have some power in you. But we don't call you a power. Because you exercise power. We don't call you a force. Because you can apply force. Those are your properties. Those are the abilities that you have. Or the abilities that you carry. You are a person. Oh my God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a power. He is power. He has all the properties of being God. Because he's God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Right. So, there are a lot of things that the Holy Spirit can do in your life. For example, Jesus says, the comforter. Which means the Holy Spirit can comfort you. That's why always uh, we tell people, may the Spirit of God comfort you. Because we know he has that ability to comfort. That's why he is a comforter. But it's not only that. He does a lot of things in your life. He can help you with the issues of life. No one can help you better than the Spirit himself. You, uh, you remember uh, when uh, uh, Paul said, through the Spirit of God, we know the things of God. Isn't it? Because no one can know the things of God except the Spirit of God. But because the Spirit of God is in our life, what does He do? He will make us know the things of God. How does He make us know the things of God? Because He's a person. He's not a power or a wind. A wind cannot, let, uh, cannot teach you things or show you things. He's a person. Oh, come on somebody. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. The Bible itself says we are called into fellowship with the Father and the Son. We are called into fellowship. Just think about uh, uh, what you do, for example, when you say ah, we are going to, uh, uh, to fellowship. And again, uh, whether it's church or whatever, you are going to fellowship. What is the most important component of fellowship? The most important component of fellowship. What is it? It's communication. It's communication. So the Bible is saying we are called into fellowship <laughs> with the Father and the Son. So the most important thing there is communication. Of course, people who fellowship uh, with each other, you are expected to love each other. Share common interests. Communication is key. You can't say you've come to fellowship and then you sit there and you are mom. Someone sits there and they are quiet and you say you are fellowshipping. Even if there is food, you are just eating, not talking. Is that fellowship? So communication is key. When you are fellowshipping, right? So the Bible there says, if you read First uh, John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our fellowship. So John was speaking as a man who had fellowship with the mother and the son. When it comes to communication, he had no problem communicating with the father or communicating with the son. 
we just fellowship together and you say, ah, I'm going to church. You know, I have this wonderful brethren. I'm going to church and it ends there. But when John speaks, he says, yes, you have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. So when you come into fellowship, it's no longer about fellowshipping with the pastor or fellowshipping with the brethren. There must be fellowship with the Father and the Son. You must be connected to him. And I want you to notice something here. He did not say, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son and with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he says with the Father and the Son. Why did he leave the Holy Spirit out? Why did he leave the Holy Spirit out? It's because fellowship with the Father and the Son is always through the Holy Spirit. Are you getting this? It's always through the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no fellowship. So when we say the communion of the Spirit, the only way to fellowship with the Father and the Son is through communion with the Spirit. He is the medium of communion. He is the medium of fellowship. My God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. That's why we always say Jesus is the road to the Father. He is the way to the Father. Because when you believe on him, that's when the spirit, the medium of communication comes into your life. That is how you are connected to God. And God will communicate to you in the spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. You know, I want to tell you a very interesting, uh, a very interesting thing. Uh, um, there is this uh, a, a book that I read at one time. And uh, this man of God, right, relied too much on uh, uh, what we call uh, spectacular guidance. Are you getting this? Spectacular guidance. And when I'm saying spect spectacular guidance, I'm saying he always expected God to guide him through visions, for example, or angels appearing to him, or trances, or things like that. So without receiving a vision, or a trance, for example, or an audible voice, then he wouldn't move. So even when the Lord says, uh, now I want you to change your ministry from this to that, now I want you to focus on this, then you would wait for what? For spectacular guidance. You know, in, in those days as a pastor, you would actually apply to be a pastor of a church. You see? So you can apply to be a pastor of a church after some time, then you apply somewhere, you move, and things like that. You see? So sometimes, God will not speak to you in a spectacular way to say, no, it's now time to move. So, because God would not speak that way, then he wouldn't move. But then, the Lord then spoke to him and said, the number one way that I guide my children is through the inward witness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Through the inward witness. In other words, the Holy Spirit is in you. Right? So that Holy Spirit will lead you inside you. Because there is a communion. Oh my God, are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a communion, there is a fellowship between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. So, you don't really need the open vision <laughs> for the Spirit to guide you because He is inside. So, normally when God gives you an open vision, maybe you are not paying attention. Or maybe God is to give you a vision that is so detailed that it might not be effective communicating it in what? 
through the inward witness. Are you getting what I'm saying? But he's saying the number one way which I lead my children is through the inward witness. When you want to know what to do, you must know from the inside. The Holy Spirit himself inside will let you know. My God, are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness. How does he bear witness? Have you ever heard a voice that said, you are my son? Is that how we knew that you are a son of God? Did you see a vision for you to say, I'm a son of God? Did someone prophesy to you that you are a child of God? How do you know that you are a child of God? The Spirit and your spirit be a witness. Amen. As you were praying before the word, this sermon, was the Spirit of God not bearing witness that you are a child of God? Amen. Was He not letting you know? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. Was He not bringing something to your remembrance? How did that happen? It's like telepathy, isn't it? So that connection that you have with the Spirit of God, sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be through words. <laughs> it's through the inward witness. He communicates because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is in. He lives in your spirit. So sometimes we wait too much to hear externally when God is inside you. When you should be hearing internally. When he should be guiding you from the inside. You know, when, when uh, you, you are too dependent on being guided externally, that's when uh, uh, it's very easy for you to be led astray. Very easy. Because Satan operates from the flesh. So you shouldn't be, you know, uh, in this uh, uh, business of uh, putting out fleeces. You know what Gideon did? He put out a fleece. Isn't it? He put out a fleece. And he tested God with the fleece. And we still have people out here who put out fleeces to God. To say, if you are God, then do this. If you are not God, then don't do it. Or for example, Lord, how do I know that this is what I must do? So, if this happens, then I know <laughs> that's the one. Are you getting this? Maybe you want to get married, isn't it? And you are saying, Lord, if tomorrow it rains, then I know that's the right person to marry. But if it doesn't, then it's not the one. Then you wake up tomorrow and surely it's raining and you say, yes, God has answered my prayer. But I have a question for you. Yes, God answered your prayer. Yes, God caused it to rain because he simply said, Lord, if it rains. What if it's a coincidence? It was supposed to rain anyway that day. So we have people who have that tendency of putting out pieces. No, you don't put out pieces when you are, you are a child of God. The Spirit is in you. And you commune with the Spirit. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. You know, I don't want to talk about the different ways in which the Holy Spirit speaks. It's a sermon for another day. It's a sermon for another day. But I just wanted to hammer on that. When the Bible says our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. And how do we fellowship with the Father and with the Son? It's through the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. In chapter 16 of John, Jesus gives us more information, again, about the Holy Spirit there. John 16, verse 12. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, 
the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Look at this. He says, it's better for me to go. Because if I don't go, then the comforter will not come. The spirit will not come. But if I go, then I will send him unto you. Look at this. Was Jesus speaking well here? Do you think it was right for him to say it was better for him to go? Was it not better for them to live with Jesus all the time? Always Jesus being there. I think that was a better option. Jesus being there all the time. But then Jesus says, you know, it's better for me to go. It seems as if he was saying, you know what, it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit than being with me here. Look at this. But look at how we as Christians believe through the Holy Ghost. We don't give him the position that he should have in our life. We just ignore him. You know, from the day that you were baptized with the Holy Spirit and he came into your life, that's it. He's just there. You just ignore him. So he's always grieved. He's always grieved. Because you ignore him. You don't talk to him. You know, as humans, we place a, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, importance on communication, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Even in a relationship, communication is what is key. If you don't communicate, it becomes a problem. But why don't we see it the same way that the lack of communication between you and the Holy Spirit is also a problem? That's why Paul said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. And he says, don't quench. Because you can grieve the Holy Spirit and you can quench. And how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Through the way we live. When we don't pay attention to him, we grieve him. When he tries to speak to you, but you ignore, you grieve him. And have you ever seen, you know, when, when a person always tries to talk to you, but then you ignore, the person will end up keep, keeping quiet. Because you don't really care. Anyway. <laughs> Isn't it? That's how we humans react, isn't it? So if we grieve the Holy Spirit all the time, then if he, he stops speaking, then why should we be surprised? If he stops warning you about the issues of life, do you blame him? So we are supposed to have that close relationship with him. Jesus said, it's better for me to go away. So that I send him to you. Amen. So he was saying it's better for you guys to have the Holy Spirit here than being with me. And if you are going to, to maybe think about it, it's because the Holy Spirit was in Christ Jesus. But the Holy Spirit was not in the disciples. You get this? He was not. So all the things that Jesus was doing, he did all those things because the Holy Spirit was with him. But the people couldn't do. Only a select few on which the Holy Spirit would come, but then he would go away again. But this time he's saying, the Holy Spirit will now come to abide with you. But he can only come to abide if I go. So there must be that transaction. <laughs> <laughs> I go, that's how he comes. But don't worry, because when he comes, he's exactly like me. Don't worry, you see? You see? He's just like me. And when he came for sure, the disciples, uh, Peter and John and the others, they saw just like him. But now the difference was that they were empowered themselves now. 24-7, they were empowered. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, now didn't need to come and go, come and go, come and go. 
You know, in the Old Testament, that's why I always read, and the hand of the Lord fell upon me. And I began to prophesy. Fell. He used to come and then lift. Come and lift. But now, we no longer talk about the hand of the Lord just falling and lifting, falling, and He's always there. And when you want His presence to manifest, just begin to what? To get into the mode of communion. The mode of communication. The mode of fellowship. That's why it's so important, you know, when we come into church, we always say, let's pray. Others don't like that. They just want to come into church, you know, when the preacher is preaching. And they leave before the preacher finishes preaching. Or when he says, let's now stand up, boom. They leave. But it's good to come even before the preacher begins to preach. Others who want to come when it's praise and worship time. They don't want to come when it's prayer time. But the greatest time that you have to fellowship and commune with the Spirit of God is prayer time. Right there. That's where the key is. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So he says, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truths. For he shall speak, he shall not speak of himself. Look at this, he shall guide. So how will the spirit of truth guide you? That's the question. He's going to guide you through the preacher. Certainly I have my, my, my place in the church. I have my place. But here I want you to personalize the verse. He shall guide you, you yourself. The spirit that is in your life will guide you into all truth. My God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. The spirit will guide you into all truth. So a person who walks with the spirit of God, you shouldn't be deceived. You know, there are a lot of people who, 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 who are... are Portray as if they walk with the spirit, but they don't. You know, I was actually speaking to someone. Someone called me in the morning just before 10 in South Africa, right? But to cut the long story short, he was saying, hey, the things that I'm seeing, I tell you, there are a lot of people who are being deceived. They are deceivers, a lot of them. That's what he was saying. But he says, you know, but you, you are blessed. You are blessed. That's what he said. So when we are looking for true ministers, we, are, we actually look up to you. So I'm praying that you keep, uh, 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 you know, going in that same way. You keep on going that same way because there are a lot of deceivers. Look at this. He said when we are looking for true ministers, we actually look up to you. And then you will be there sitting and thinking of, uh, of quitting preaching. Do you know that there are a lot of people that you probably don't know about who actually look up to you? So when you give up, you will also cause them to give up. So that's why when I'm preaching, I don't just look at you who are here. There are a lot of people out there <laughs> who actually look at what? At me. So if I go astray, what then happens to them? That's why the Bible says teachers of the word, they will be judged more harshly than others. Because with your sermon, you don't know how many people you are going to lead to hell. So no matter what happens, if no matter the response, you know, I thank God for this. I'm one preacher who doesn't respond to people's feelings. And I'm not a person who responds to people's faces. When I'm on the pulpit, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> when I'm here, what I care about is preaching the truth. That's it.
Because when you are preaching, there will be some who will be like this. <laughs> Just change the same one. Oh! Yes! You say, what's that? Okay. You see? So there are people who respond to the type of message that you preach. Not necessarily the truth. The type of message. That's what they respond. So, they are actually programmed to say, if you are talking about me and how that sermon will benefit my life, then I respond. But if you are talking about something that is trying to change me, then I will not respond. If you are teaching about Christ, if you are teaching about the Spirit of God, if you are teaching about spiritual things, then I don't respond. Talk about things that benefit my life. Then I respond. Amen. But guess what? We are lying to each other. We are lying. To, you know, God is not mocked. <laughs> God cannot be deceived. Where there is no truth, there is no truth. Simple as that. I always say, you know, when I preach to one person, it's as if I'm preaching to thousands. I don't change. I don't. And you know why? Jesus said the road to, what, to destruction is wide. That's what he said. And there are many who go through there. But the road to life is narrow. And very few. And that's what changed my life. That's what changed my life. So as a preacher, sometimes you may have this pride to say, Oh my God, yes, I preach to thousands. As long as you are sending those thousands through the narrow way, praise God. Amen. Praise God. But if you are sending them through the, the wide way, then, you know, the time will come. The Bible says everything will be tried through fire. Amen. Everything, the work that you have done will go through fire. And the question is, will it stand the fire? Or it's just chaff? So most of the things is chaff. Then not only what you have done, you yourself will also go through the fire. <laughs> In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Yes, so the Spirit, when He is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself. You hear that? He shall not speak of Himself. Which means He speaks. He speaks. Personalize it. Personalize it. And he will, uh, okay, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. In other words, what he shall hear from where? From the Father and the Son. Remember, the Bible says, our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. So the Bible is now saying, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Not from Michael the archangel. Not from uh, Jeremiah. I hear in the Isaiah. Well, the others who always say, Abraham, I would run with your life. I said, run with your what? With your life. What he is from the Father or the Son, that shall he speak to you as you fellowship with him. And what does he do again? He will show you things to come. Amen. Things to come. He will show you what? Things to, Things to come. So you should not grow up in the dark. And you should not walk like someone who is lost. Someone who doesn't know what is coming. You should not what? Walk like that. You know, right now we are living in a time of uncertainty. People saying, ah, what is going to become of this corona? What is going to become of 2021? You know, hey, this 2020. But when you walk with Jesus, that shouldn't be the case. If you don't even know what uh, 2021 will turn out like, but still you have the light in your life, you have Christ, so you don't need to worry. You know, a Christian, you don't need to worry. I hear what I'm saying. Open your Bible and show me where Jesus said it's okay to worry. 
Open it. Where some disciple came to Jesus and says, you know, Jesus, I'm worried. And Jesus said, ah, it's okay to be worried. Show me the verse. Or where some other disciple came and said, oh, Jesus, I'm so fearful. Said, no, it's okay, you are human. It's okay. Show me the verse. <laughs> no worry. No fear. No uncertainty. No darkness in your life. A Christian must always have light. <laughs> I hear what I'm saying. Amen. So I see people, you know, crying, people worried and worried, and I'm saying, you know what, the solution is Jesus. If you have Jesus in your life, then there's no worry. There's no worry. The Bible says, he shall show you things to come. He will show you. May the Lord show you things to come in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. He will show you things to come. Even things about your own destiny, things about your own life, He will show you. Don't be worried about where you are right now. No. If you read your Bible, you understand. Sometimes you just need to wait upon God for the right time for Him to fulfill your promises. You wait for Him. Right. Then he says, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. See, that's why the Bible is saying what? Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Then Jesus says, for he shall receive of mine. So the Holy Spirit receives from him. So if you really want to know what Jesus is saying into your life, then you must learn to connect with the Spirit. Because he's the one who receives from him. And then the Spirit passes it on to you. Wow. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. My God, my God. Alright, so there are a couple of verses that um, I, I want to read to you where the Spirit of God spoke to some people. I want you to understand, this is very important. This is very important. You know, probably this is uh, what will take you to, to, to your next level of, of Christianity. <laughs> Was most people uh, they are just used to, you know, I believe in Christ. I know I'm a child of God. I go to church. And, yeah. But where are you when it comes to communion with the Spirit? Because that's the key now. Walking with God, you know, if you can explain that to me. Communion and fellowship. So that's where we need to, to concentrate on. We thank God. We concentrate on the word. We concentrate on a lot of things. But if we concentrate on those things and leave the communion of the spirit, because the Bible says those that are led by the spirit, they are the sons. The Bible does not say those that have. We thank God you have the spirit, but you must be led. Because the reason he came is so that he can lead you. Be led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. So, if He can speak to you, if He can guide you, and even if He shows you things to come, right? We need to understand that the fellowship of the Spirit, uh, 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 we need to understand the fellowship of the Spirit so that we benefit fully from His presence, okay? There's a note that I wrote there, right? We need to understand the fellowship of the Spirit so that we benefit fully from His presence in our life. You got that? We need to understand the what? The fellowship of the Spirit so that we benefit fully from His presence in our life. Because if we don't understand that fellowship, then we cannot benefit fully. 
We cannot. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Right. So, Acts chapter 10, verse 19. Right? The Bible says, While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. The Spirit said. That's why I'm saying it's not a power, it's not a wind, it's, not, it's a person. Because he spoke. The things that he hears from the Lord, he speaks. Three men seek thee. That's what the Spirit said. The Bible did not say an angel. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called. The Spirit said. So when they were fasting and praying, they were communing. <laughs> they were in fellowship with the Spirit. And then the Spirit said. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Look at this. This time around the Holy Spirit forbade them to preach the word in Asia. Imagine. And there you are. You just think, oh, I'm seeing this place. Let me go and preach. No. Some places, the Spirit is saying, don't go there. Imagine. Because, you know, in our minds, we just think, I ah, know, it's, it's just okay to preach to anyone. Or it's okay to preach to anyone. Do you know the Holy Spirit can actually forbid you to preach to someone? Not, this one was a place. But he may even forbid you to preach in a place or to preach to someone. Come on. Because right now, the Holy Spirit forbade them to go and preach to the Asians. He says, no. Don't go there. No. And you know why? Sometimes it's not time yet. As much as God wants everyone to hear the gospel, but it may not be time for them to hear the word. It may not be the time. Amen. And sometimes it may not be the time for that person. That's why sometimes we preach to a lot of people, they will never repent. Never. So the word that we preach will only serve to judge them. Because if they die after they hear the word, that same word that we preach to them, the Bible says that is the word that will judge them. Because it was preached to them, but they did not believe it. So you will be asked about the word you did not believe. You get that? So, there is what is called the prophetic evangelism. And in prophetic evangelism, what happens? God will actually tell you who to preach to. So you can go, for example, in the street and stand there. And the Holy Spirit says, go and speak to that person. That one, no, don't worry. Go to that one. <laughs> Why? Because the Lord himself knows whose heart is open to receive the gospel. Amen. He knows. You know what he said to, 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 to Philip? Philip, join yourself to that chariot. The chariot of the white Ethiopian eunuch. Go and join yourself. And when he went and joined himself to that chariot, what was the man reading? The man was reading Isaiah 53. And he was reading about the sufferings of Christ. And what does Philip uh, come and do? He says, do you understand what you are reading? And the man says, no, I don't. And then from there, Philip begins to explain about Jesus to him. He preached Jesus to him from Isaiah 53. That's when the Ethiopian eunuch believed. And he says, see, here is water. Here is water. And he got baptized. And he went on his way rejoicing. Look at that. So when the Holy Spirit guides you to the person to preach to, that person will simply receive the word, the gospel. Because he knows. He's omniscient. He knows who will receive and who won't. Who will not receive the gospel. I hear what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. 
So when I say that, sometimes the Holy Spirit may, may not tell you to preach to that one says, I know. Sometimes uh, it, it seems as if it's what, uh, you, you, are, you are being cruel or something. No. There are some people, no matter how you preach, they will never believe. We have people that we have lived with for years. Even the family members we have lived with for years. And we have preached to them many times. They have never believed. And each time we meet them, we still speak that same way. But they won't believe. But you meet someone today. You just speak a few words. And that person, you see tears in their eyes. They repent and give their life to Jesus. What's the difference? The heart. The heart. So we need to learn to be guided by the Holy Spirit. There are certain things that we may think are good, but the Holy Spirit says no. He says no. Lord, can I do this? No. Lord, should I? No. <laughs> so it's not always yes, yes. Sometimes you need to learn to accept a no from God. Ah, come on, somebody. You need to learn. You, you pray and ask God for something and God says no. You need to learn to accept a no. Because even yourselves at home, if your child comes and says this, sometimes you say yes, but sometimes you say no. So you need to learn to accept a no. Even, you come, even if you come to the pastor and you say, pastor, this and this, if I say no, you need to, to learn to accept a no. <laughs> Because sometimes the children of God will think, you know, everything. God says, yes, it's fine. Yes, it's fine. Lord, I want an aeroplane. It's okay. Ah, uh ah, -uh, come on, somebody. <laughs> sometimes he says no. And you die not having that aeroplane. But I'm not saying don't dream. Isn't it? That's why it's so important to commune and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you show your destiny. He will show you what is planned for you. So sometimes the things that we run for, they are things that are not in the plan of God. But when you are walking, right, in the plan of God, then you don't have to struggle so, so much. You don't have. Sometimes our struggle is a struggle to, to you know, impress other people. <laughs> but when you are are saved from that, I tell you, you will be saved from a lot of stress. Because you, are, you always want to impress someone. I want the best car. Why? So that people can see me. I want the best clothes. Why? So that people can see me. I want the best house. Why? So that people can see me. You want everything best so that people can see you. So you, you have pressure. I don't, I don't know whether to call it peer pressure. <laughs> you have pressure from people. So if you stop caring about what people think, I tell you, you will lead a happier life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Spirit of God spoke to these people. And each time the Spirit spoke, they were in fellowship with him. They were communing with him. I spoke about this uh, uh, before, about having that listening posture. You know, when we're praying, before uh, 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 the preaching of the word, right? What is one thing that you noticed? Because that was communion with the Spirit. What was one thing that you noticed about each and every one of us when we were praying? It seemed as if the communion was getting deeper and deeper, right? You begin to concentrate more. You know, when you start maybe praying and whatever, maybe there will be a lot of distractions, maybe you'll be looking and whatever. But as the communion gets deeper, you end up not worried about who is near you or whatever. Sometimes that's when you close your eyes shut. You don't want any distraction. 
and you now concentrate on the spirit. You concentrate on what you are doing. So the communion gets deeper. And as it gets deeper, that's when revelation begins to come. Come on. Revelation begins to come. Words begin to come and all that. So what you should learn now is to yield more to him. Because he begins to take control more and more. He begins to even control what you speak. If you are someone who speaks in other tongues, even the tongues begin to change as you go deeper. And what happens as you go, you end up receiving even a message from him. Because as I was praying myself, I don't know if you heard that, but I ended up in tongues and interpretation. In other words, the tongues that I began to speak, I began to interpret the words. To say, okay, this is what the Lord is saying. So that, how did that come out? It came from communion with the Spirit. It, it came from fellowship. That's why we emphasize having more time of meditation and more time of prayer, right? The deeper you go in prayer, the more likely the Spirit of God will begin to speak to you. Because you are yielding. It's important to yield, yield, yield to Him. Let Him pull you in in, in those deep waters. <laughs> Of the spirit. Let him pull you in. In those deep waters of fellowship. Allow him. And sometimes when you pray. You actually feel. Feel it that no. I think the Holy Spirit. Wants to say something. Don't rush. Don't rush your prayer. Allow him to pull you in. Pull you in. Pull you in. Right? And then you will take offer. Well. Maybe next time we are going to, to, to uh, discuss a bit more, right? Uh, uh, in Romans chapter 8, there is something that Paul said about the Holy Spirit when he says, he will help you in your weakness. There are things that you don't know how to pray for, but he, you get this? So many times we are trying to ask God, this Lord, this Lord, that and what. But what you need is the Holy Spirit to what? To come in. And he takes over that prayer. And when the Holy Spirit prays, his prayer is always answered first of all. We will discuss that later on in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Let me end this message. Uh, maybe at this point. Let me end this message at this point. So, I've spoken about the importance of fellowship and communion with the Spirit. So yourself, you should be able to look at yourself or gauge yourself to say, where am I when it comes to communion? As I said, this is key in your life to walking with God. It's key to walking with the Spirit. You need to be able to read what the Spirit of God is saying to you. You know, you need to be like a radio with a working antenna. Such that when radio waves come from heaven, you should be able to pick them up. So if you are not able to commune or fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you are like a radio that is not able to pick up those signals. So the Holy Spirit is already there. The antenna is there. <laughs> right? And the Holy Spirit is always connected, always receiving signals, always receiving words. What the Bible says, whatsoever he is. So he is always receiving but the problem now is that your spirit is not receiving from him, from the Holy Spirit. You are not able to download. You are not able to, add, to decode. Because the only way you, only, you can download or decode is when you are in fellowship. So sometimes the Holy Spirit is loaded right now, right there in you. He is loaded with information that he wants to give you, but you are failing to connect and download what you need from him. You are failing to decode. So it only happens when you fellowship, when you commune with him. Give him time. When you pray, listen. 
Don't be like a, a, a person who is always at war. Have you seen Christians who are always at war? Every time they get into prayer, they are always rebuking something. They, they haven't learned the art of communion. They are always against the devil. Devil this, devil that. Yeah, devil this, devil. Come on. You need to learn communion. That's where the real power is. So when you commune, and even when you stand up and you see devil, oh my God. The devil won't even stand there. Because you have come from, you know what, what happened there with Jesus when he came from the Mount of Transfiguration? He was shining. Because he had been with God. So if you are a person who learns to commune with the Spirit, Whenever you stand up from prayer, you come out with the glory. You come out with the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let us stand up on our feet. We just want to go before the Lord and pray. My God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. The Lord wants that best kind of fellowship between you and the Holy Spirit. He wants that uh, kind of fellowship, that kind of communion. It must be rich. And there is nothing that can stop you from having that kind of relationship. You know, uh, 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 if you listen carefully to what I've been telling you, and if you follow these things, you are going to see uh, uh, what will happen in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That's where your victory is. That's where your power is. That's where your power is as a Christian. So, I want you to go into prayer and say, Lord, speak to me. Teach me. Lord, guide me. Lord, show me. You know, these are the things that Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you. He's going to show you. He's going to empower you. All those things, you mustn't lack all the things that he came to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Pray and say, Lord, help me to connect with you. Help me to connect. You know, there, 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 there may be a lot of disturbances in your life, but just pray and say, Lord, help me to connect because I want to be a beneficiary of all these things that the Holy Spirit has to offer in my life. The Lord will look at us and says, you know what? The Holy Spirit came into your life, but you only utilized 1% of you. All this 99%, you did not benefit. Then you start to think about, whoa, what I could have achieved? What kind of life I could have lived with the Spirit? Was that I just say, man? Hallelujah. Begin to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus.